Father, in the wonderful, precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We take authority over every spirit. Anything that would hinder this service tonight. We take dominion over every spirit, every devil, every situation that would oppose the revival that you've begun in this church. I'm asking you by the influence of the Holy Ghost that you now release angels of the Lord, warn angels of God to go and war against everything that is not of your nature. Against everything that is not according to your will. In the name of Jesus. For we are victorious. We are victorious in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. We are made more than conquerors. For the scriptures are true. Greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. And if God be forged, then who can be against us? Nothing can stand against the church of the living God. Nothing can hinder. Nothing can hinder the will of God when his church comes together in faith. Believing that all things are possible with God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for your kindness, for your love, for your mercy. Thank you for who you are. Help us tonight. And everyone say in Jesus' name, what a wonderful spirit of the Lord in this place. Wonderful spirit of the Lord in this place. I, that's such an anointing, and I'm very thankful for that. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost. I'd like to to take just a moment to welcome brother and sister Gibson and the church from LeBlanc tonight. They are truly, truly our friends, and we love them all very, very, very much. Thank you all so much for coming and being with us. Amen. Kind of feels like old times, or praise the Lord. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me, please, to 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to try this one more time. 1 Kings chapter 18, verse number 42. So Ahab went up to eat and to drink. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel. And he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant go up now look towards the sea and he went up and looked and said there is nothing there is nothing and he said go again Go again until your nothing becomes something. Yes. 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 
didn't stop admitting that you see. Now just keep going. Keep going until your nothing becomes something. It doesn't matter how many times you have to go. Just keep on going until something happens. I tried to keep it on, brother, but I, I just can't. Maybe I'll keep this hanging just for a little extra anointing. Second Kings chapter 6, verse number 15. And when the servant of the man of God was risen early and gone forth, behold, the host compassed the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how shall we do? And he answered, Fear not, for they that we be with us are more than they that be with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes. If you have to go again, go again. And if you need your eyes to be opened, then God opened their eyes. And after God opened his eyes, he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And when they had came down to him, Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. Two prophets, if you please. Each of them having a servant. And each of them having a problem seeing the miraculous. One seeing nothing. And the other seeing only the problem. Can you imagine trying to do the work of God? And please forgive me when I say this. But this is the way I preach. Trying to do the work of God with two idiots. One that sees nothing. And the other one that just sees the problem. Having two sidekicks, if you please. One on one side says, I don't see anything. And the other says, oh, look at the problem. Elijah did tell his servant, go up now, look towards the sea. And he went up and looked and said, there is nothing. Absolutely nothing. And again, I repeat myself, he said, go again seven times. Did Elijah pray seven times? Or did his servant have a problem seeing what his pastor had touched God for. Did the man of God pray another seven times? 
the servant have a, has a problem, should I say? The servant has a problem. He's not with his pastor. Because the pastor sees something. The serpent, don't, well, I should say serpent. The servant sees nothing. I pastored for 17 years. And I hated to go behind the pulpit. Knowing that God had spoke to me. I knew that when I said what I was going to say, that there were going to be a few to look back at me and say, what? You didn't hear from God? Because I don't see nothing. But I want you to know something tonight. I don't care how many among us don't see anything. I don't care how many there are among us that only sees the problem. God is going to do what he says he's going to do because there are some among us that are going to believe God. Somebody's going to believe God. It might as well be us. Turn to your neighbor say we are in revival. I don't care what the devil says. I don't care what some of the saints say. And I'll be honest, I'm not trying to throw anything. I'm not going to look at you. But I'd rather deal with the devil. (laughs) What you said? No, no, I want you to say it so I don't get in trouble. I'd rather deal with the devil than people. I was going to say saints. Because the devil, you can say in the name of Jesus, go and it goes. And all the filth and all the junk and all the doubt and all the negative and all that he has goes with him. But when you look at a group of people that's supposed to have faith, that's supposed to believe God, when you look at them and they look at you and don't believe, you can't cast them out. You've got to love them in. So if you don't like me, I'm going to love you until you believe me. Because I came to have revival. Somebody shout yes. Yes. Say it's happening. No matter what they think. Where is everybody? Elisha's servant wakes up and goes out to sea and brings his report. Alas, pastor, how shall we do? Not what shall we do, but how shall we do? In other words, how are we going to come out? Because only he only sees the problem. Now, Elisha had a double portion of Elijah. So he must have had the double portion of the idiot with him. 
than Elijah. Now, I, this came from God for me. I didn't get this somewhere. So what you mean, Brother Sherman? Because Elijah's servant saw nothing. But Elisha's servant saw the problem. And that's a double portion of being an idiot. Because seeing nothing is one thing. But seeing the problem is worse. I'd rather someone come to me and say, I see nothing. Than to come up and say, there's a problem about you. You messing us up. This is not what we used to. I'm not even going to say, is this all right? I feel too good. If it ain't, let me, just let me. Somebody say, praise the Lord. I'd rather you come to me and say, hey, Brother Sherman, I see nothing I don't know. Then someone, a sister, then you to come and say, ah, I see a problem here. I see a problem here. This is not what we've been doing. This is not what we used to. We prayed for it, but now since it's come, it's too much. It's too much. We won't just settle down. I ain't settling down for nobody. As long as I got permission from God and I've got permission from my pastor here, as long as I'm under him, he's my pastor, I'm going to go with it. And God said, go with it. Don't stick with those that see nothing and don't stick with those that say it's a problem. You just stick with those that say, yes, we are in revival. Yes. It is happening. Yes, we're going to see great things. Turn to your neighbor and say, you never seen nothing yet? You haven't seen nothing yet? When I was in the world, there was a rock band that used to sing a song, something like that. You remember? Oh, I'm so glad somebody is. Well, I don't know if I can sing it. Or if I should. But it went something like, you never seen nothing yet. Mm-mm, baby. Well, I want you to know you haven't seen nothing yet. I'm not trying to be corner. I lived out there for the devil. And now I'm living my mall I can for God. And I want you to say, hey, sweetheart, you haven't seen nothing yet. Because my God is greater than every situation. My God is greater than any sickness. My God is greater than any disease. My God is greater. Now I want to preach. Turn to neighbor. Look at them and say, now what do you see? Oh, they, they didn't get you. Kind of went. Try it again and say, now what do you see? Are you following Elijah and you see nothing? Are you, what do you see? Nothing? Are you the other servant that says, I see only the problem? You know, to be able to see, 
To have vision is a wonderful thing. You don't know how it thrills me when I have the opportunity to see God move in a great way, in a kind and merciful way. And I am standing before a human being that says I am blind and I cannot see. And after prayer and by the grace and by the kindness of God, you lift your hands off of that human being and then they open their eyes and they begin to cry and they say, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see, I can see. It's a wonderful thing to be able to see. It's a wonderful thing to be able to see the beauty of all that's around us. It's a wonderful thing to be able to see, to have vision. But to see only, Brother Gibson, in the natural realm. It's likened to no sight at all. For if you and I are blind to spiritual things, then we're missing the best and the most important things in life. For all that we see in the natural realm, it's going to perish and be destroyed. But in the spiritual realm, they are eternal. Oh, Lord, if you'd open their eyes. If you can only open their eyes. If you can only allow them to see what I see. Oh, well, Brother Sherman, you just here for, to preach. and That's your, your life and... Uh, that, that's what you do. You know, you're an evangelist and you have to preach and that's how you make a living. So you'll get behind the pulpit and say anything. I challenge you. Come up to me right now and grab my hand. And we're going to pray. And the one that is wrong, let God take his life now. Oh, you're being hard. No, no. I'm not trying to be hard. I'm just trying to tell you what I see, I see. And when I'm in prayer, while you're doing your thing and in prayer, I'm in prayer at home on my face before God saying, God, only show me and let me know what you want for this assembly, for this congregation. And he says, you get up and you preach it again. And you keep preaching it. You keep telling them about faith. You keep telling them how big I am. You keep telling them how much I love them. You keep telling them until somebody is going to believe you. Our story tonight takes place after the division of the kingdom of Israel, divided into Judah and Israel. And the prophet Elisha ministers, is ministering now in the northern kingdom. And Syria, an enemy of Israel, begins to conduct raids against Israel. You know the story. And the king of Syria determined to capture and to kill the king of Israel. 
by ambush, but was unable to. Because a man of God would say and tell them or give information to the king of Israel. And they knew exactly what to do. And that frustrated the king of Syria. And got him very angry. And in his anger and outrage, he began to look for the traitor that was among his officers. But the officers gathered together and actually told him, said, it's not us. We're not causing you the problem. It's that man of God. It's that prophet that God talks to. And you better be very careful, king. Because he knows what you say in your bedroom. You better be, you better watch it. In other words, he knows everything about you in every place. But he was so determined to get the prophet to catch or to capture Elisha. And they came by night and surrounded the town and the soldiers and the horsemen and chariots all around the prophet, the man of God. And our text begins, Pastor, with the discovery by the servant of Elisha that they were surrounded. And when the servant of the man of God, I won't take too much longer, was risen early and going forth. I know that I'm repeating myself with the scriptures, but that's all right. Behold, the host can pass the city both with horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, my master, how do we, how shall we do? The servant of Elisha was suffering with spiritual blindness. Thus Elisha's prayer, pastor, was open his eyes that he may see. He wasn't really blind because he could see the problem. But the only thing he could see was the problem or see in the natural realm and could not see in the spiritual realm. And let me remind you that God is made up with invisible spiritual beings. What would you say if I would tell you that the sanctuary is filled with angels? What would you respond? How would you respond, should I say? What would you do if I say this sanctuary is filled with angels? And in the wings of the angels, as the scripture says it, there's healing. Would you say you're making it up? Because I see nothing. Or would you say this will cause a problem? 
Because if there's angelic angels in this place, then that means God wants to do something. And because he wants to do something, it may cause me to have to move out of my comfort zone. It might disturb the way I'm living. Whether I'm living right or not, it will disturb my lifestyle. I'm a good saint, but it's going to require me to be a better saint. It's going to require more sacrifice and prayer and dedication to what God wants me to do. And if I'm a backslider or a sinner or a saint with problem, I just may have to go to him again and make things right. We want heal my bobo. And that's good. Jesus loves to heal bobos. But he likes touching others outside of here. The Lord spoke to me a while back and said, remember when I left the 99? I said, yes, Lord. He said, I went for that one. I said, yes, Lord. He said, they were all alone. The righteous were all alone. The others were all alone in the wilderness. And I went for that one. He said, do you know? He told me, he said, do you know why a lot of my saints feel lonely and in the wilderness experience? They take it as, God, you left me. God, why are you causing me to walk through the dry place? It's a wilderness. I'm not supposed to be in a wilderness. That's what God told me. He said, and they feel that way because I'm going for that other one. He said, but why? Now, I might be missing. I don't think, I'm really sure that God talked to me. He said, the only thing he had to do was follow. If they would have followed me for that one, I left them there. (laughs) But if they would have said, I'd rather be with him and followed him for the one, they would never felt that loneliness and that feeling that he forsake me. You want to feel God again? You want to pray through again? You want the Holy Ghost to bubble through through you again? Go find the one. Because that's where he's at. Stop staying at the church and say, I don't see nothing. It's nothing but a problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem to reach the one that's outside of the fold. Turn to your neighbors. Say, hey, what do you see? 
course, he was like some people there in church today. He only sees the problem and can never see the answer. Brother Gibson, you're going into phase two in the ministry. This is what I'm getting from the Lord. There's another wave that's going to come. You might have thought, nah, this is just where we're going to stay. Thank God for what he's done or whatever. But there's another wave. There's a second flowing that's coming. And those that have almost lost the victory in these four years are going to recover it again. And they're going to go forth. And you're going to see the second wave come to your church in Jesus' name. You hold on to God. Don't let the devil tell you anything else. But I do want you to know that those that are here tonight and those that are not here tonight are going to get together like never before in this assembly. And that wave here is going to touch that wave there. And this whole area is going to touch and bless and help other churches to feel the apostolic move of God like never before. I need somebody to shout, yeah! We don't need doubt. We don't need negative talking. We don't need to say that preachers are not. I may be one, but you don't have to say it. I may be crazy, but you don't have to say it. Unless you say it in a positive way. Don't blame me for something you can't see. Don't blame me because you can't feel what I feel. Get a hold of God. Put your face before the altar. Talk to God and say, God, let me see. Let me know. Let me understand. And if you're honest, you'll see what the pastor sees. You'll see what other saints that believe sees. And you will see what this crazy preacher sees. I got to hurry up. You see, doubt sees the problem. Faith sees the victory. I mean, if you're going to use your faith, use it in a positive way. Just as it's as easy to have faith as it is to doubt. So if you're going to exercise your faith that God gave you for every man is given measure of faith, just exercise it in a positive way. Don't say, I don't see nothing. Say, I'm seeing something by faith. Don't say there's a problem. Say, I'm an overcomer or whatever. And there's no problem here. We're just having a move of God. That's not hard, is it? Have you been sitting down in your little easy chair 
spiritual easy chair for so long that that's all you can get out of being spirit, spiritual is that, no, oh, I don't see that. But I pay my tithes, that don't matter. People pay tithes and still don't see nothing. Church, go to church. Everything, man, do everything like everybody else does. And they just don't see why. Attitude. Is an evangelist supposed to preach this way? Because I've had some pastors say, don't, don't, don't say those things behind the pulpit. Don't, 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 don't say, just, just. Get the rabbit out of the hat. And I'll probably leave very early in that revival. Some see sickness while others see healing. And while others are getting healed, some just say, I don't think they're healed. Yeah, you, ever, you, you know anybody here? Yeah. You ever saw those type of people? Sister, she gets up and says, I couldn't see back there. And now I prayed for her. I can see all the way back there. The sister came and said, you never talked to me, never prayed for me. Sister Sherman prayed for me. I got healed. Remember that? You know, that was cool. She points at me and said, you didn't do nothing for me, you, but your wife did. And while she's saying I'm healed, this one says I'm healed, and this one says I'm seeing, the other one says there's no more ringing in my ears. And my little sister we prayed for the other night, she's sitting back there. She said, I took my test, and guess what? I said, what? She said, they found absolutely nothing. Everything was all right. And I will not stop and let someone point at her and say, I see nothing. I see a miracle. Some see the sins and others we see Calvary and the blood of the Lamb. Some of us see certain people in this church and say, oh, I don't even know about it. Brother Sherman should try because we know what they are. But it's the love of God that causes all men to come to. I'll never forget a revival. I went straight to a woman in the front pew, Pastor. And God began to tell me things. And I just said the most greatest things, wonderful things I wish God would tell it about me to this woman. And she started to weep and cry. And before you know it, she was speaking in tongues. And God filled her or refilled her, whatever he wanted to do with the Holy Ghost. And you could feel it. After the church was, service was over, the pastor said, why did you go to that woman and talk to her that way? Don't you know she's the worst one in the church? When he said that, she said, no, I don't think so. 
He said, why didn't you minister to some others that I know live better lives than them? This has nothing to do with me. It has to do with God. And if God wanted to love somebody back into his arms, that was fine with me. And if we're not spiritual enough, that if he takes time for those and not us, then there's something wrong with us. God have mercy on us. It's not our business. It's God's business. Some see their addictions of alcohol, cigarettes, drugs, sex, gambling, Facebook. (laughs) Oh, if I ever pastor again, (laughs) I'm going to have a time. Others see their deliverance. Some see broken homes, torn marriages, and abuse. Others see the power and the mercy of God healing and putting things back together. Some see their defeat while others see their victory. Some among us see extra services and more offerings for the preacher. While others see a move of God. And we better go with this. Because if we don't, we just miss. We might miss the greatest revival that we've ever had in our time. So again, what do you see? The pastor sees. Because he sees in the spiritual realm. And we got to get the same vision as the pastor. Not division, but vision. And that's what God's trying to do. The servant said, alas, how how, how things are going to work out. What will meaning? What will become of us? How are we going to end up? Because he was afraid. He was not asking for instructions in what to do, Pastor. But he wanted to know when this is all over, what's going to happen. He lacked spiritual vision and faith. Of course, the man of God said, fear not. Don't fear. Because there's more with us than there are with them. There's more power. There's more might. There's more strength. There's more Holy Ghost. There's more anointing. There's more of everything of God right here. Because greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. Why you said all this for tonight, Brother Sherman? Simple, just like I said earlier. I'm going to do it, try it again. And I'm going to keep trying it until we all get it. I said this once and I'll say it again. Pastor Pavlou, my pastor, we was in revival and he looked at me after a service and looked at me behind the pulpit. I don't know if I told the congregation, but I did tell you. 
he looked at me behind the pulpit. I was sitting on the side in front of everybody. He said, Brother Jeremy, slow down. Sir? He said, slow down. He said, you got to give us a chance. If I'm going too fast, I don't know if I'm going to slow down. I'm going to try. I'm not a great super devil. I'm just me. But he did say something. He said, because we don't see all the things you see. At least he was saying, I believe in what you're seeing. I'm believing in what you're feeling. I'm believing in you. Just some of us are not as fast as others. Now, we've been in this, our sixth week, I've been starting yesterday. Now, we're taking our time. We've been in granny gear. Now, we've been having great services, Brother Gibbs. It's been wow. It's been good. But not compare to what God has for us. And so we're going to try our best to get you on board. If you're not pray through, pray through. You're going to pray through sooner or later. You're going to have to. If you're going to stick with us. And if you don't, you're going to wind up being out of here. It's just as simple. So why don't you just make up your mind and get with the program and do things right and be happy just sitting there saying, I don't see that. And all of you that are here, that to those that are out there, tell them to buy the tape or tell them everything I said. And the way they respond is you'll know if they see something or not. Because it's there. And it's going to open up. It opened up for these folks. They didn't have a time. I mean, they were coming. This man and I, when we were having service, is this okay to say this? We were having service. I stopped the service. Remember that? I stopped. Well, I might have stopped it more than one time. I don't know, but one time I stopped it. And I said, Brother Gibson, there were men there. Dear God. They, they were seeing things. I don't know what's there or not, but they were seeing. They were believing everything. Remember that, Nigel? Everybody was shouting, dancing, crying. They were just having a time. And I stopped and I said, excuse us, but we have to leave. And they looked at why. I said, you don't leave. God just told me he wanted to spend time with you. And him and I were going to go outside. And we did. You, you remember that? I'm not lying, huh? I'm not a false prophet. You're telling the truth? Yeah, that's good. And you pay ties to him, not me, right? Okay. And we left. Well, we were out there, and we could hear. Man, they were having a time. And we out there, and God said, you stay out there. And all of a sudden, on top of the church, there was a flame of fire that we could see. And it was right over that spot. Remember that you said there was a special spot that was on, in, the, in the church that on the left, facing right here. And we see it, and we was outside. That's the time. Now, it didn't start that way. When I first got there, I don't even know they liked me. Now, of course, 
this one. I don't know about that one, but this one. She just loved us. And then he loved us also. Great people. But after a while, they got a hold of it. And before you know it, I hardly did anything at all. I could have got up there and say, Jack, be nimble. Jack, be quick. Jack, jump over the candlestick. And ten people would have got the Holy Ghost. I'm not making fun. It was a move of God because they allowed themselves to be used and to dedicate themselves. And so when I tell you, look, we had a woman that was pushed on a wheelchair. Remember that, brother? On the side of the road, for I don't know how far, she was bedridden. She couldn't get out of bed. She said, she heard about the revival. She said, Lord, if you can get me out of the bed and put me on the wheelchair, I'm gonna, I want to go to church. She got up from the bed and was able to go in the wheelchair. Her husband pushed her on the side of the road to church. When she came into the back doors, she walked, she, he rolled her in. I left the platform, and within 30 seconds, she was speaking in other tongues as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. That was brother. No, I had nothing to do with it. I just felt to go there with these loving people and a great God, and it happened. And I'm here to tell you in the name of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, that is happening in here. If you will just get a hold of it and say, I will not speak negative. I will not allow myself to stay where I am. I will believe the man of God, and I will see revival. Now, I'm going to shut up. I've been preaching for 45, 40-something minutes. Forgive me, but I feel the Holy Ghost. After he prayed for the man to see, and he saw, the prophet got an attitude. That's all right. Preachers get attitudes. That's why God called them to preach. They're not wimps. You got to be strong to be a preacher. Thank God for a strong preacher. But the prophet says to the enemy, he could have asked anything. Couldn't he? You know what he said? He said, Lord, I want you to do to them what they did to him what you mean now just bear with me that's what I mean was he was blind to spiritual things and so the prophet said I'm going to get back at the enemy I'm going to make the enemy blind he couldn't see them and now they won't be able to see us we're still in granny gear did you understand what I just said? If you will get a hold of what your pastor's saying, if you'll get a hold of what the preacher is preaching, if you'll get a hold of what God is trying to do, the same blindness that's been covering your eyes all these years or whatever, to go into the next step, to the next step, to the next step, to have the revival you've been praying for. If you will get there, God says, I tell you what I'll do. I'll blind your enemy. And so when your enemy comes to do 
something to you, he won't be able to find you. He won't be able to touch you. Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he? He won't be able to do anything against you if you believe God. Sisters, let's play some music here. Remember, no funeral stuff. Turn to your neighbor and say, what do you see? Now, do you see? It's 8.07, and we're fixing to end service on the Monday night. And everybody's going to go home and get in their jammies and do what they were supposed to be doing or want to do instead of being here. (laughs) Boy, if God would only open my brain. And let me just blabber what I see all the time. You guys would spear me to death. <laughs> he's just like, you, sister. <laughs> and he will He just said, oh, be kind. Be kind. <laughs> and tell them, you know me, right, for a long time. Can, can we do it? Can we do it that way? Can we go and say, hey, sir, so can, I, can I do it? Can I do it that way? Yeah, yeah you've been there, yeah. You don't pay tithes to me either. He's not telling the truth. And I'm not trying to, to scare you. God's merciful. But what we're going to do, so we're going to go home. And what we're going to do, we might be on Facebook the rest of the night. We might be watching Andy Griffin. Maybe. Oh God, I got the Holy Ghost in 79, so I... Uh, Gilligan's Island. I don't know. But we could say it's 8808 and God's fixing to move. And the sickness in my body's fixing to go. And the depression I've been fighting is fixing to leave. Why? Because I see something. I feel something. And now I know something. Now, I'm 57 years old. You didn't think, I know you thought I was about 40. My sister Sherry is older than I am. She just looks good. How many of you believe that? What's wrong with you? I don't believe that either. I said that one time to a congregation. I said, she's my age. After the church was over, had several several ladies go to her and say, what do you do to keep yourself looking so young? He had to tell her, he's praying. But I'm 57 years old. I've had quadruple bypass. I've got messed up this in my neck. I've got messed up this in my back. I've got spurs that go into my spinal cord. That's causing tremendous pain in my neck, my arms. Causing pain in my back, down to my right leg until I can only move it at times. Right now, it's burning like fire. Why are you saying all that? Now some of you say, well, you pray for everybody else. What's the matter? You don't have faith. I have faith. This is God's 
doctor says there's something wrong with your heart. He said, if you don't take this medicine, you're going to die. I stopped taking it and I feel good. The doctor said, we don't even know why you're alive. I know why I'm alive. The doctor told me, he said, you're a diabetic. And I pray for everybody that has diabetes. The doctor says, you're an epileptic. But I'm not having any seizures. The doctor says, you're filled with cancer here, 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 here. And it's not there. So, if I were to sit down and say, I'm hurting here and hurting there, my neck hurts, and oh my, I got a headache, and I'm out of breath. Right now, my chest is hurting like I'm having a heart attack and sweat like I would be having one. Well, you might die. <laughs> Hallelujah. Then y'all be able to fight next service. You'll be singing at my funeral. Oh, the way he sings. And I'll be somewhere going. <laughs> Why are you saying all that? Because we're fixing the shop. So I, I'm, I'm hurting a little bit like you are. That something about Jesus makes me want So why are you doing it? To show up in front of everybody? So why are you dancing even though you're hurting? Why are you fixing the dance? Why are you doing it? Love him, and because I see 